What's up everyone and welcome to episode 151 of the Just an Insight podcast, a show where we talk to people involved in the world of alternative music and find out what makes them tick. Um, before I kind of get into any kind of spiel, I just want to say a massive thank you to everyone that listened to the 150th episode with Walter from uh, Writing Out. It was really cool to have a guy that, whose music that I really, really love uh on such a landmark show for this podcast not saying that i don't love all the people that i speak to but when you have sort of like a a kind of a personal connection with the music then it kind of makes a bit of a a sentimentality to the conversation that i'm having so yeah just wanted to to sort of start off with that and say a massive thank you for everyone that listened to that and everyone that's been sticking with us uh through testing times at the moment um we are still in lockdown unfortunately um and yeah things are much the same as i said last week is kind of very much going round and round in in groundhog day at the moment um i think since we last spoke the lockdown has had been extended i can't remember exactly when it was as i say everything seems to be rolling into one at the moment um but we persevere i'm still healthy i'm still surviving as are a lot of people but um and I encourage anyone that they can to sort of do the best they can to just kind of keep sane in these um, these crazy, crazy times. Um, one other thing that I did want to quickly mention before we get into uh, the sort of crux of this week's episode. Um, as of today, so Monday the 27th of April, um, the Music Venue Trust, which is a charity uh, which supports kind of... Uh, independent music and independent music venues has um, set up a campaign um, to basically help the survival of many independent small venues around the country. Um, the The campaign is called Save Our Venues. Uh, they're looking for artists, music fans, people of the local community to sort of pull together and donate to a, a GoFundMe page which will hopefully lead to the survival of many venues across the country. Um, two in particular that I know have signed up to this uh, are two that are near and dear to my heart. The Wedge of Dreams in Portsmouth, which is where I went to my first gig uh, and have been to many others since. Uh, and the Green Door Store in Brighton, which I think is one of my favourite venues in the country, apart from the horrible cobble floor. But Again, I've seen some incredible gigs there um, and I've played a couple of really cool gigs there. One where I nearly broke my leg because the floor was so wet uh, where it leaked in from the rain um, and I nearly slipped and, yeah, as I say, cobble flooring. Um, but if you want to get involved, uh, I will put a link in the description, but uh, it's simple. Just go to saveourvenues.co.uk uh, or visit the Venue Music Trust on all general social media and they'll posting updates and so on and so forth over there um for those who've been kind of keeping up with the episodes recently uh i have mentioned things will be start slowing down at the moment uh purely because not because of lack of guests or anything like that's not the the case um just the equipment i have is literally on its last legs like i had to reboot my laptop about six times just to record this at the moment um so I've got this and potentially one or two more in the this is the last one I've got in the can but I've had interviews lined up which have had to be rescheduled so I kind of want to get those done and dusted so once I have everything 
back gleaming and running as normal then we can hit the ground running and off we go so this is just a brief caveat if those don't pan out then this may be the last podcast for a little bit i'm not going to say the foreseeable future because i am definitely going to be back as soon as i have all my equipment up and running don't worry about that but yeah just kind of wanted to say that just in case there's no episode next week and people are a bit like where's it gone but anyway enough of me wambling on you've heard me say this every week for the last couple of weeks but just wanted to again put that out there let's get into this week's guest uh i am joined by the awesome vocalist of click drip annie dorrit um annie was kind enough to take some time out of her day to have a little chat with me uh we obviously talk about the band having to unfortunately postpone the release of their upcoming record but the reasons why that's kind of worked for them and and sort of the reasons why they're still looking forward to getting the album out in the world um we talk about her musical theater background we talk about kind of why she wanted to kind of go down the more punk alternative route of kind of getting angry of not being heard and and kind of things like that and it wasn't a conversation that i was going to bring up but she mentioned the 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 band's name and how it kind of turns heads and how they wanted to stick with that despite pressure of kind of people saying that they should change it and, and things like that um as well as a whole lot more during the conversation so please sit back enjoy the conversation i have with annie and i'll see you on the other side Joining me this week on the Justin Insight podcast is vocalist of Electropunk's Click Drip, uh, Annie Dorrit. Uh, Annie, thank you very much for taking some time out of quarantine to have a little chat with me. Um, how is everything? How are you doing under the, these bizarre circumstances? Um, hi, um, I'm good. Um, I, I'm not working at the minute. I work at the Prince Albert pub, so oh, okay, that's yeah. a little closed down at, at this time, um, which is fine. Uh, we're still getting, hopefully, paid our 80% wages. My boss is actually being really helpful at the minute. But, oh, that's cool. Um, yeah, no, he, uh, it's a nice place to work, and he definitely looks after his stuff. Anyway, uh, besides that, I'm fine. I mean, I'm just trying to do what everyone else is doing, catch up on a little reading, yeah, try and learn some yeah. songs, <laughs> um, call every family member i possibly have not spoken to in a quite a long time yeah yeah um but it's okay i haven't gone crazy yet there's a few there's a few days where it gets a little like i don't know <laughs> yeah. slow for everyone but uh i'm okay in the minute and for you it must be like out of the people that i have spoken to thus far obviously they're home with family or sort of loved ones or whatever but obviously your a lot of your family's back in canada so is it quite strange for you in this situation because i guess this is a normal kind of way that you're keeping keep contact with them anyway. Yeah, it, it is weird. I mean, I, my parents, yeah, my parents, my brother, all my family pretty much live in Canada. Uh, so it's a, it's a little nerve wracking. Like I, the, the idea of not, like not knowing really when I'll be able to go back or they'll be able to visit, but I mean, they're fine. They're, they're, they're hanging out. Um, I guess I'm just trying to call them a bit more often. Yeah. Uh, my parents are a little bit older, so um, I worry sometimes. But, you know, at the end of the day, you can't really let the worrying. Yeah, yeah, of course. You, you, yeah, yeah. You've kind of got to bro- just get on with life, life best you can. Yeah, sort of yeah. 
my brother actually works in the news, so he's got to go in every day and oh, just wow. report on it. So I feel like that would be, I feel really bad for him. I feel like that's probably just horrific, just counting out the numbers and, you know, yeah. hearing that's all you talk about all day. So bless him for doing that. Yeah. Well, we'll get on to talking about more interesting things about music and stuff. As I said, the show is called Justin Insight. I always take my guests back to their their roots and origins so what what kind of got you into sort of alternative music what was kind of your gateway into sort of discovering music um it was it's been a it's been a very interesting journey for me uh i i started out doing musical theater and like country okay country folk songs so um i i when I was in high school, I was one of my partners was really into the kind of underground punk scene um, right. in Toronto, and I like I think I always liked just like aggressive music or like very like out like definitely uh, dramatics are not not the right word, but you know what I mean. Just music that's I don't know a bit rebellious, I yeah. guess. So um, and I started going to a few a few uh, people's shows and like kids' basements and little venues and stuff when I got a bit older, uh, kind of started there. And then when I moved to England when I was 18, um, I was just kind of going to all the shows that I possibly could. And yeah. I kind of found that the kind of punk shows and some of the hardcore stuff was, like, the nicest community of people. Um, and I just, they were the most fun to go to. And I think that's kind of how it started, mm. to be honest with you. Um, yeah. So in terms of kind of like you said sort of growing up on kind of like musical theatre and things, was that something that you were kind of, I don't want to say forced into, but was that kind of like what you were sort of grown into sort of thing? Or was that just what you kind of liked when you were younger? I think it's kind of what I liked when I was younger. I I still kind of like it now, funnily enough, and I still really like songwriting and like country. Yeah. Um, I... Yeah, I don't know. It's pretty nuts. I don't. I, I, a lot of people got Elizabeth to go. What the hell happened? <laughs> <laughs> like, what, what, what happened in England? Oh my god, where did this happen? My, my parents are definitely not the most happy, but they've come around. But they've been pretty good about it. Um, but yeah, I like I said, I think it's more like I, I like musical theater. I like the dramatic, the uh, uh, dramaticness of it, <laughs> and um, I don't know. Yeah, and I just. It was, a, it was a good way of getting into character and kind of, I don't know, it's just like a nice catharsis, if, yeah. you, if you want to say that. I know it's a bit more cheesy and it's overdone, and like, there's a point when I got a bit older and I was like, oh no, I, I have a lot more say to than just like this crazy musical theater and stuff. But um, there, there's an element that I really still like about it. Mm. Uh, and, I, and I feel like it comes out sometimes in some of the quick trip stuff because, you know, the training came out and also just the way that I sing and stuff. It's really funny if I go to sing something and it sounds like really, really musical theater over Scott's, like, <laughs> yeah. raging spaceship. And everyone's like, what is going on here? <laughs> anyway, <laughs> yeah. So then, uh, as you said, kind of, like, going to these sort of, like, uh, like basement shows and, and things like that when you were growing up, like, was there any particular bands that you, you sort of gravitated towards in that kind of sort of punk world? Or was it just sort of, things that that people were showing you and you kind of then discovered your own things from there um i i think it was a lot of them like local bands with certain bands and things um and yeah i i i really liked a band called dilly dally which is a bit more like grungy when i was growing yeah. up um and like 
oh, I don't know, Mets. There was like a few really emo hardcore bands. Oh, I don't know. I'm trying to think of things. <laughs> I was a big, it's a big variety. Yeah. Um. Nutsness. I'm trying to think of what else. I don't know. Like all the like Nirvana and Hole at one point, obviously. Um. I don't know. I listen to some terrible, terrible stuff. It's really bad cult <laughs> music as well. Like, um, I'm just trying to think of things that I saw when I was in high school. I can't really give you a specific thing. I'm not yeah. gonna lie. No, no, it was really, cool. it was really all over the place. That's cool. And in terms of kind of like your sort of, I guess, own sort of musical journey, as you said, kind of like doing the sort of musical theatre background sort of stuff. But in terms of kind of like playing and discovering music what what was kind of the driving force behind that because obviously we, most people know you now as the vocalist in clip drip but did you always want to sing or had you kind of dabbled in plays playing different instruments where did that all kind of start uh i think i always wanted to sing um I, that came from like a really young age i was always bopping around um <laughs> Uh, I, I, I started playing the guitar when I was in high school too because again I think I just want like the idea of writing my own lyrics was quite important it was good mm. you know you're a little emo teen you need to <laughs> need to get ahead of your system yeah. uh, I definitely am a very emotional person I think that I just needed to write um, I'm not the best at guitar but I still try and play sometimes but I think I like singing I like I like uh Quick Trip is probably the nicest thing I've ever been in because it gives me a platform uh, to say all the things I'd like to say. And uh, that's pretty much just, like, the nicest thing, yeah. <laughs> if that makes sense. No, no, I think no, no, it no, allows no. you to develop. Sorry, can you And just in terms of kind of, like, before... We'll get on to, obviously, you moving to, to the UK and stuff in a minute, but in terms of... Growing up in in sort of Toronto and Canada and that kind of thing, like, were you kind of gravitated towards wanting to be a, in a band then, or was that something that more kind of festered once you'd got over here to the UK? Uh, that definitely festered once I got over the UK. I think I think just watching, going a lot of gigs and watching all these bands and like meeting people. I just kind of got the itch a little bit, and I was like, oh, I really want to do something that's a bit more heavy, and I want to do something where I can just kind of let loose. Um, yeah, if that makes sense. So had you kind of done anything, like, previously when you were in Canada, or was it more kind of just writing songs for, for yourself and doing that kind of I thing? I was just doing solo stuff. So it was just me and my guitar, pretty much, and okay. just doing kind of those shows. Yeah. Did, did you ever kind of do any performances or, or was it just sort of very much your little project kind of thing? Uh, yeah, I played a lot. Um, there was kind of an all ages, um, there was like an all ages, uh, what's it, like kind of promotion uh, company that one of my friend's brothers ran. Kind of blew up in the end and politics happened. <laughs> um, but at the time it was really cool. I like, uh, a lot of my friends and bands played, and we played at some really cool venues, like the Great Hall and um, the Phoenix, I think I played at, actually, which is a massive venue. I don't know what the hell they let me do it there. <laughs> <laughs> but um, that was really cool. Like, I got a lot of experience. Uh, yeah. And I, I guess, it, again, I don't want to sort of keep harping back to it, but I guess kind of the, the musical theatre sort of background 
had that kind of prepared you for for performing or were you quite nervous kind of putting these sort of heartfelt songs that you'd written out into the world or did you feel quite prepared coming around to those kind of things no, it's a lot more. Like, I still get really nervous playing my own stuff, like my yeah. solo stuff, and like more than Clit Trip or more than anything else I've ever done. Because, I don't know, I think it's, I think half of it is too, if I'm not the best at playing my guitar, so I'm not as confident as I am singing, but a lot of it, like you said, is to do with just, I don't know, opening up and talking about my personal problems rather than kind of my take on society, which is like what Clit Trip kind of is. I don't yeah. know. <clears throat> So, if that makes sense. So is, is, is the solo stuff a lot more kind of interpersonal rather than uh, like a social commentary oh, yeah, it's, kind of it's thing? it's super, it's just super sad. <laughs> <laughs> it's just completely self-indulgent and super sad. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. So yeah. then in terms of you, you said moving to the, the UK when you were 18, was that always kind of... A, an ambition a goal or was it just a, a chance opportunity arose and you came over and have stayed at a, what's the kind of situation with that <laughs> um so i i like every other maybe not every other Eastern world, but a lot of us wanted to go to university or was kind of told i should but i didn't really know what i wanted to do and i um i found out there was a music university in england and like well my cousin or my um is actually doing really well for herself, or was at the time, and still is, um, and she's, like, my biggest inspiration when it comes to music, so mm. I kind of thought, fuck it, oh, sorry, am I allowed to say that? Yeah, yeah, of course, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, <laughs> um, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go somewhere totally different, I just, I really wanted to get out, I thought that was an important, um, experience, yeah, and I just thought I'd kind of go see what she was up to, and, and, and she said she loved it, so I, um, yeah, that was kind of the main driving force for me I think to move there I didn't really know where I was going I had no idea like I could have ended up in like I don't know Eastbourne or something (laughs) (laughs) literally had no idea I just knew that it was close to London itself liked it and uh it had a lot of pubs in it yeah (laughs) (laughs) um but I do not regret my decision so (laughs) but um that's what I was going to sort of ask was kind of did you have any sort of preconceived ideas about Brighton but obviously you saying you didn't kind of have much of a clue where you were going so what was it just the case of this is my not I don't want to say your escape but like this is my chance to go explore somewhere new and it just so happened to be one of the most vibrant cities in our country sort of thing yeah like I knew from from my cousin talking about it I knew that it was a good music scene and um you know she'd been thriving there so I knew it was going to be, like, nothing, but um, I, I think a big part of it, yeah, was just kind of getting out a little bit for me. Mm. Um, yeah. <laughs> Everyone I knew was going to the same universities, and I think I was really a privilege in the sense that um, I got in and I could afford to go, um, and, I, it, you know, it did it did, did me well. <laughs> <laughs> and just in terms of, before we kind of get into sort of the, the click trip sort of stuff, obviously in terms of kind of growing up in Canada and things like that like how do you feel that any of that kind of sort of background and influence and and things has kind of shaped in some form what you're kind of talking about now in Clit Drip or do you feel that once you got to the UK you were able to kind of explore yourself a bit more and speak more openly or do you think it's a kind of a combination of those two sort of 
worlds colliding kind of thing? I think it's definitely a combination of the two. I mean, Toronto, I grew up in Toronto, which uh, is like one of the most, uh, I don't know, it's like the London of Canada, I yeah. guess. It's a pretty um, big city, lots going on. It's pretty, it's really liberal. Um, my parents are pretty liberal. Maybe not as liberal as Clip Trip, but... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, uh, so, I'm, yeah, I was lucky to go in a household that kind of thought certain ways. My parents definitely uh, took me to about a million plays and lots of... Uh, music music things and you know i i had a lot of influences creatively growing up mm. uh but i definitely don't think i really failed my voice until i moved to england i think i felt i think moving away from that i think uh getting out of my comfort zone and everything that i grew up with kind of gave me a platform to speak the way i wanted to speak i also didn't really like i i didn't even call myself feminist in high school you know there's a lot of growing up that happened kind of in my last years of high school to my yeah. first few of moving to england um some things happened some experience happened some just people that i met uh the people that are around me you know there's a there's a, there a two-year gap where i really changed a lot uh and i kind of found my feet a little bit more uh, i think <clears throat> If that answers your question. <laughs> yeah, no, no, that's cool. And in terms of kind of like, I, you kind of touched upon it there, like obviously the sort of self-discovery and, and kind of <laughs> finding your voice and various things kind of shaping that. Obviously, you mentioned there kind of not maybe identifying as a as a feminist until sort of a little bit later on in, in your life sort of thing, but... Had you kind of always kind of understood, or well, maybe not understood, that's the wrong turn of phrase, but like, had you kind of always identified with the feminist sort of ideologies, but maybe not necessarily understood them until you kind of kind of dug a bit deeper? Yeah, I mean, I think there's a lot of levels to feminism. I think there's a lot of different generations of it. Um, I think there's part of me that always kind of, you know, I used to kind of, when I was little, just be more of a tomboy and maybe get annoyed when they would only ask the boys to pick up the heavy chairs. One of my friends just oh, threw a little funny meme about that the other day and I was just <laughs> laughing so hard because I was like, that's so, you know, like, it's just small things you notice when you're a kid. Um, anyway, I, I, yeah, I definitely think, I, and my mom's pretty, I don't know, my mom's pretty hard. She's a, uh, she definitely sticks up for herself, I think. Yeah. But, and I don't know, I, I just... Um, yeah, but I just don't think the levels, the levels of understanding, I don't think I opened up my, my head until yeah. it moves, kind of. And also just saw, I saw a different side of things mm. and educated myself, took the time to educate myself a little bit more. Um, I think a big part of it too is wanting to be, wanting to be liked, being a bit of a people pleaser and kind of, uh, you know... Uh, there's a there's a sort of weird thing that comes along I think when you're younger of not wanting to be you know like other women and there's a lot of like women that do that to each other but because we've been taught not to and to kind of pin each other pin ourselves against each other so I think there's like an element of that when I was a little bit younger and I've kind of started to grow out of that and yeah. just you know uh, appreciate everybody and especially like intersectionality you know it's like there's a lot of I probably grew up I grew up in a very white environment um in a really privileged space, so I don't, yeah, there's, there's a lot of learning to do, and I'm still learning, but, um, it, it, yeah, it's, it's a a lot more, it's it's definitely opened up a lot more since I've moved, I think. (laughs) Yeah, and obviously in terms of kind of, like, 
I'm I'm kind of jumping forward a little bit here, but just because we're on the the subject, I want to sort of talk about it a bit. But obviously, in terms of kind of clip drip sort of stuff, obviously within the media and obviously yourselves as a band have kind of openly said said like you're you've sort of spread a, a feminist message and stuff. And you said of yourself, obviously, you're still kind of learning, but obviously being in a band, it kind of puts you in a position where. I mean, People maybe aren't going, not necessarily going to analyse things, but they're obviously going to look into what you're talking about, and obviously some fans will take it to the extreme degree and will kind of latch onto what you're saying and kind of take your word as gospel kind of thing. So is that kind of a, a fine line that you're finding that you're having to tread? That because obviously, as you said, you're still learning and reading and stuff that yourself that you've got to kind of keep on top of the feminist agenda kind of thing. <laughs> because I think that's a big topic everyone always wants to ask me about or ask to ask me about um, which obviously it is probably the main I don't know it's hard I think a lot of my experiences and the ones that have been ones that unfortunately the bad things that have happened to me have usually been about my gender right um, because in, in all the other senses you know I don't really like I'm yeah I'm okay <laughs> the minute um, but it gets a bit tiring after a while because sometimes I don't have the answers and I think a lot of the music comes from just uh, the way I see things or the what I've experienced or I watch my friends go through and that's the kind of things that makes me angry and those are things I want to talk about but it doesn't necessarily mean, you know, uh, I've got, yeah, I've got all the answers about that. <laughs> yeah. But at the end of the day, like, I don't know, I'm still pretty forward about it and I do have a lot of strong opinions and if I don't think something's right, I will call you out about it. And yeah. I think that's important. I just don't ever want to... Uh, I think it takes a lot of learning, and I think it takes a lot of going back and forth and a lot of debates with people. I've had so many long arguments and frustrating conversations with my friends, and I've had a lot of fr friends educate me in something stupid I've said, so I don't ever want it to be like a, a cancel kind of thing of like, yeah. you said this, and now you're done. I want it to be like, hey, let's openly talk about this and why, yeah. and why it's not okay, you know? Um, anyway, <laughs> yeah. Sorry, I'm such a rambler. It's no, so no, no, bad. That's, that's absolutely fine. That's the that's the whole point of this is to have a have a bit of a rant and a ramble. Um, I'm going to quickly go back a little bit, obviously, just in terms of kind of the. I I don't want to go into the formation of the band too much because it's been well publicised. But in terms of your yourself, obviously, you've mentioned that obviously doing the solo stuff, but. Was has Click Drip like the first kind of, I guess, quote unquote band experience that you've had? Uh, no, actually. The one I was in one before Click Drip uh, called Witch Shark. Okay. And it was like much more of a, uh, a kind of pop, not pop punk, but like a bit more of like a punky kind of free chord vibe. Right. Oh, I have no idea. <laughs> it was just, it was a lot more, it was a lot more angry, a lot more shouting, uh, a lot more riffs. Um, and it was super fun. It just, all of us were in different projects at the time, and uh, I think kind of clip sort of taken off, and we were all just kind of friends, so that's kind of why it ended a little bit. Yeah. But that was really fun. Like, that's still, I really love that project because it really kind of helped me get in my comfort zone with being in a band for the first time, and I was around people that were really, like, supportive, so I couldn't really ask for anything more. Yeah. So did, did that band do do much in terms of kind of 
like outlet output like was there any like eps did you tour or was it just quite sort of it, it was based? pretty just yeah it was pretty brighton based uh kind of local shows uh we did a little ep that's on Bandcamp somewhere if you want to find that <laughs> yeah. uh it's pretty funny uh, it's pretty cool honestly though it's fun uh uh yeah but no it didn't really it, it only kind of lasted like i think a better a, a year or so yeah maybe two so then in terms of you kind of, because as you mentioned, always kind of wanting to sort of write lyrics and sort of do like sing and things like that. Where was the transition from, oh, I'm going back to the musical theatre thing again here. But sort of <laughs> okay, the, the, I know it's funny. <laughs> but, but the transition from kind of that side of things and the more folky element to wanting to to have a more, I guess, lack of a better term, a more aggressive voice and kind of try your hand at kind of the the punk world so to say i think i just got tired of not being listening to be honest with you (laughs) (laughs) uh yeah that's that's honestly what it was i don't think i it wasn't necessarily about the genre of music i think i just wanted to write something and be heard and i had i don't know i just uh yeah i don't know i think i just had a lot to say and that was that was it yeah, um, and it all and it all came quite quickly. You know, I feel like there's a point where um, I used to get so angry. There was probably a year where I kind of just like, you know, there's something when you find I don't know when you find find out about oh the justice it just like really hits home, and yeah. then you're like oh my god, my whole life has been explained. Wow, um, <laughs> <laughs> you're like this is crazy, um, and I think I was just a very angry person for a year or two, um, and was getting into fights a lot and, and debates and just, you know, not the best thing. But anyway, that was a kind of, I think, a point where I just really wanted to uh, be heard. And I think that's, and I found people to work with and it kind of just formed from that. And, like, the more I did it, the more I liked it. And, and people were liking it, so that was nice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which I didn't expect. It was quite funny. But, uh, yeah. And then in terms of kind of click drip, well, obviously with, the the musical stylings of Z, it's a weird kind of amalgamation of kind of electro dance with punk aggression sort of thing. So when when the three of you sort of finally got in a room and started kind of hashing out ideas, was that always kind of in the forefront of what you were thinking the sound was going to be like, or did it have kind of different iterations? Where where did it all kind of start from? Honestly, I had no idea what <laughs> we were going to do. Like, I'm not kidding. Like, I saw P- Scott play in his old band, Signs of Eight Limbs, and I just thought it was great. It was really cool. It was really tight. Um, and I'd seen Daphne play in a few of my classes, and she's just like a little fireball. Uh, um, <clears throat> got in this room. I did not know what was going on. I was just like, who is this man? What is this spaceship? Um, <laughs> like, <laughs> what are they doing? I've never, like, this is in- literally insane. But we wrote a song that first day, uh, and it just kind of popped out. So I worked somehow. I really don't know how or, or what came out, but I was not expecting that, I'll tell you. Yeah. <laughs> so. In, in yeah. terms of, like, for yourself, obviously, as you, you've mentioned, kind of, of having written sort of songs from an early age kind of thing, but obviously the the style of music now that you play is quite different, and as you mentioned, you've had the opportunity to kind of find your voice and speak out a bit more but 
I guess kind of writing to the style of music that you play have you found that quite an interesting process yeah it's definitely hard uh, <laughs> I, I the songwriting kind of usually goes in with the two of them Scott might have like an idea and Daphne and, them, uh, and Scott will kind of vibe off, off of it and I'll sit in the room and listen for a little bit um, just because it is usually nuts and not exactly a proper structure of a song sometimes it is but mm. <laughs> a lot of the time it's not I kind of have to sit with it a lot, but I definitely feed off them quite a bit. Yeah. Uh, uh, you know, and I, I usually write better when I'm in the room. So it, it usually kind of starts out like I'm in the room, and I get I get a kind of vocal line or something, and I I kind of practice that over and over with them. Uh, and then maybe, like, adjust the lyrics later. But, uh, yeah, I, it's never something that I kind of bring to rehearsal or, or have an own idea and bring myself. It's usually kind of all written there and then with them. Yeah, and in terms of kind of like, you, I don't know if you'll be able to necessarily answer this because it's more sort of the the musicality side of things rather than the the lyrics. But in terms of kind of like where the musical direction is is sort of going, is I don't know. For me personally, it kind of again walks that fine line of kind of party punk with the kind of dance elements to it, but the sort of whole kind of early breedings of punk with the aggression sort of thing so again is that something that you've kind of spoken about sort of as a group that you want it to have that aggression but still be fun rather than it just being because obviously some of the stuff that you're talking about is is quite sort of bleak in some aspects that maybe some people I don't know like some people maybe want to shy away from the subject and just kind of think oh, we know it happens, but we don't want to talk about it sort of thing, whereas you're kind of shoving it in people's faces instead. But, well, so, I think that, yeah. So was it conscious to kind of have that fun element to kind of counteract it as well? Yeah, there's definitely a lot of tongue-in-cheek in it, and I think in a way that kind of makes people listen more subconsciously because it is kind of just shoved in your face a bit, but it doesn't have that serious element of, like, oh, God, I'm going to just listen to this and, like, go in a dark hole. <laughs> yeah. um, uh, I... I being a bit more playful helps you tell the story a bit better and also makes you know people are kind of like sitting there jamming out and then you're like oh no I'm actually telling you <laughs> like I don't know you know I'm, I'm being quite direct right now uh, I, I'm trying to sometimes I struggle with that too I want to write there's some songs I don't know I, I like the playfulness and I like the tongue in cheek but I also like being serious and, and kind of having some of the songs that are a bit more uh, straightforward. Yeah. But I, yeah, I don't know. It's just fun. It's it's really interesting to have that kind of dancey vibe to it as well because it just gives you so much more space. Um, and also, it's not all like there's a lot of things I talk about too that might not necessarily be the feminism. It just might be the way I see something or like I don't know, like. Uh, yeah, there's like one of the songs on the new album. It's pretty nuts. It's called "I Always Liked Your Mother Better," um, <laughs> and like that's it, it's serious, but it's just got this really funny chorus. Um, and I feel like maybe you can't ignore it because because it's just stuck in your head a little bit. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Also, like eighty percent of our fan base is dudes, and I think it's pretty funny that like most of them are just kind of probably <laughs> rocking out to the rips. But then I'm like literally telling you to speak to my pussy <laughs> twenty <laughs> seconds. So I mean, I don't know. There's, there's, it's quite funny in that sense. Um, 
But yeah, that's my ramble answer. <laughs> 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 in, yeah. in kind of terms of that, like you you t- said that the majority of your audience is is male, but obviously mm-hmm. what you're talking about has kind of a, fe- a feminist edge and things like that. And kind of, I guess on the flip side of what I asked earlier about you kind of having to to be an authority on on the subject, so to say, have you? Have you found that there's ever been any kind of pushback from from what you're talking about? Like, I don't, I don't know, it might be from a bit of a bygone era, thankfully, but, like, people say, like, coming up to you and saying, oh, I enjoy your music, but I don't want to hear what you're talking about kind of thing. Have you kind of found that at all, or have people been quite open to, to what your, your message has been? It's funny, no one's ever come up to me and told me that they don't like the content, yeah. but I've had a numerous amount of men and women come up, come up to me and say, I have to change the name of the band. Oh, really? Yeah, like, quite a few. And a lot of people, when we started them, had a lot of different arguments. And from people, I wouldn't expect to come up to me and have that conversation, which is kind of crazy. But, uh, yeah. So what, they, they, just, people... they just haven't agreed with the name, or what, what has it been? I think half of it's like a business point of being like, hey, you know what, this is, people aren't going to take this seriously, no one's going to want to put clit on a poster, because there's a point where we didn't know if we keep the eyes in the name either. Uh, there's another half that was just like, oh, like, it's disgusting, it's, um, it's just like, just based for reaction, um, and, you know, I can't, I can't introduce you to somebody because of this name, it's like, it's just, it's just absolutely ridiculous. Um, but yeah, no, it's happened. I mean, that, honestly, that's the reason we kept the name. The name's a joke when we first started, but we just thought it was so nuts how upset people were getting over it that we just thought, fuck it, you know. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Like, if you're going to get this upset and you're talking about it, we might as well keep it. And we took the eyes out because, in all fairness, I don't know how many times you can put clit on a poster or say <laughs> that on the radio, but, like, I'm not going to be a total <laughs> dickhead about it. But uh, it is funny uh, watching people's faces sometimes. Yeah, but people got really annoyed. <clears throat> That's, that's so bizarre. Just over a name yeah. as well. I mean, I, like, I, I don't know. I don't think, I think the problem is that a lot of people are very, very offended by it. I don't think it's offensive. It might be a little bit like, I don't know, if you don't really want to talk about that, then maybe you don't want to talk about that, and that's fine. Yeah. <laughs> You're probably not going to listen to music, but, uh, I, yeah. There's just, there's just, like, there's some bad band names out there, yeah. so I don't know. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah. I don't know. Um... There's like fuck buttons and selfish cunt, you know. It's like, oh my god, and you don't want to, you don't want to see clip trip, you know. Yeah. Sorry, I interrupted. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> I like, I don't know. It just, it does make me laugh a little bit. Yeah. But, yeah. And just one final thing that I want to kind of talk about in terms of the the subject matter and your kind of stance on on the position sort of thing. Like, I, I don't want to kind of make the assumption here, so please correct me if I'm wrong. But with the platform that you have with with Click Drip, obviously you've you've said that it's kind of given you the opportunity to to kind of have a voice and, and things. Whereas obviously you've said with the solo stuff, it's a lot more kind of sad and self indulgent sort of thing. So with Click Drip, is there kind of uh, that you've kind? Of, I don't want to say you've created a persona, but like, is it an outlet that you can kind of take away Annie the person and you are, you become Annie the performer? and you're able to speak more freely, or am I thinking way too much into this? <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, I think it's, 
definitely it's it's a part of me that I don't think I've figured out how to uh, develop in my in my everyday life. Right. Um. So I don't. It's not, I don't think it's necessarily a character. Like I still write about things that I've experienced or I've seen, and I still it still it still comes from a place of of anger. Um, and, and of maybe, maybe responsibility, of maybe feeling guilty that I haven't done more or didn't used to, um, but I'm trying to get over that because I don't really think that's very helpful. Um, Mm. (laughs) um, I talked a bit about the upcoming album and I was saying, you know, I don't really think guilt is a very productive feeling and and how maybe that we should just try and learn a bit more (laughs) instead of just sitting around and feeling bad about it. But anyway, um... Yeah, no, I think it's, like, me when I have about 700 tequilas and I want to, like, <laughs> tell everyone how I feel. <laughs> that's kind of the Annie that's coming out in the performance, pretty much. <laughs> that's cool. Yeah. But and it is definitely easier to, like, get into... I know, I know what you mean with the character, though. It's definitely easier to become something when you... Uh, when you have, like, crazy music like that and yeah. you're on the stage. You know, it's, it is easier. Yeah. And you have, you've mentioned, obviously... The, the debut album which was meant to be coming out next month but it's now obviously been pushed back due to all this craziness that we've got kind of going on at the moment yes so in terms of that decision like I know I speak to many musicians that obviously they have they've been sitting with this material way before it even gets into the hands of people like me and other media outlets let alone their fans <coughs> yeah so is that is that kind of been even more frustrating that you've had to kind of postpone it, or do you feel that it's kind of the right decision considering the circumstances? Because I, I had this debate with a few friends of like, in this sort of circumstance, I want to still be hearing new music, but obviously I understand yeah. sort of the logistics and things of with having to tour and press runs and things like that. So, where do you kind of sit with with everything at the moment? Do you just want it out in the world, or does it give you a bit more time to kind of sit and play around with things now? Um, I I think there was a big part of us that was quite upset about it because we have been holding on to this for so long, mm. and there was quite uh, there was a lot of uh, like we've been getting some good um, responses back, and the singles are kind of turning out. Um, and I think we were just really excited about it all coming out. So obviously it's disappointing, and I, I feel the same way. You know, I'm stuck at home all day. I want to hear, I want to hear albums of the people that I like, and I want to listen to new things. But at the same time, it's our first album. We're such a new band. We're yeah. so small, so small on the grand scheme of things. And we wouldn't be able to tour any of it, and we wouldn't be able to sell anything, and we wouldn't be able to <clears throat> really. I also just like be out and. Um, kind of campaign it and i think it's a, it's kind of the right thing to do to, to push it back a little bit and wait till we have that opportunity to do that it, i know it's a little bit more selfish but i think we're still turning out the singles so there's still some some music that's that's content that's coming out yeah but at the same time we don't have to kind of uh we don't have to like uh give up any of those opportunities Mm. if it came out at that time but I do understand both sides to be honest with you and I'm really sorry if anyone was waiting for it (laughs) (laughs) but it'll be that much more exciting when it comes out you know I keep telling myself (laughs) well that's what I was going to say because on on the kind of flip side like I don't know but has it kind of changed your sort of 
strategy in some aspects in in terms of because as you say like the the singles are still coming out and and things like that but it's maybe giving you a bit more time to i don't without this sounding really corny but like create a bit more hype that you can kind of play around with things a bit more now is has that kind of helped in some aspects at all uh a little bit i think uh i think we were actually gonna the album was gonna come out we were gonna do some some touring before it so it's kind of nice that we're, we're gonna be able to do that and yeah. tour after so people can hear it and maybe be like oh i actually do like this band i'll come <laughs> see you rather than like having some app shows <laughs> um and maybe a little bit more time for campaigning i'm still really new to all of this so i don't really know but uh <laughs> yeah um but no, I think I think it might be helpful in some ways. Yes. Yeah. But also, everyone is so much to deal with right now. So I, uh, God, who knows? Who knows how long everything's gonna last? <laughs> but yeah. And obviously something else that you've you've managed to kind of do around the the release, and I think your music kind of lends itself to it is obviously you've had a couple of the tracks be remixed by by other artists and things like that. So was that a an idea that you were always kind of floating around or was that just an opportunity that kind of presented itself? Uh, I think Scott really likes um, uh, remixes. He like, Scott loves Dance Banger. So does Daphne actually. They both do. And like, I do like a Dance Banger, but Bagner, Bagner. Oh God, I'm going crazy. Um, but uh, yeah, those two definitely like love drum and bass. Yeah. So I think that's something they've always like uh, wanted and I'm, it's just fun for me to to hear what comes out at, like at the end of the day from other people and we're getting a lot of I think we're getting quite a few remixes done so it should be really interesting to see what comes out and it's funny the more remixes that have been coming out the more people are like asking to do them yeah um, I was like oh like, I'll, I'll, I'll have a go <laughs> it's like alright go on like well, I don't know how to do it so someone's got it yeah um, but yeah, so that's it's really nice. I think it's really cool, and also it just like helps promote both artists, you know. Yeah, of so. course. And yeah. from from your perspective, obviously, because again, like the music kind of lends itself to that kind of drum and bass remix sort of style sort of thing. But for you to hear what you've written and your lyrics be kind of melded into a different world. Has that been a quite an interesting experience to see how other artists have kind of used your words and then put it into their world kind of thing? What do you, what do you mean on the remixes? Yeah, because like obviously <clears throat> it's still your songs, but just done in a different variation. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, it's definitely really cool. Uh, the one Cal from Zits did, um, Pink Fruit is his name. Uh, his like solo project I thought that one was awesome it was really cool because like I think some of his influences like Sophie um, and some of the more noisy kind of weird stuff he kind of made in that remix and that was really fun to hear um, and obviously like they did a cover of Peaches and that had the reference in that I don't know I just thought it was really cool to see that come together and then the one that just came out the AKDK one is friggin mental it's, <laughs> it's literally yeah. just like a big party tune um I, yeah, I thought it was really cool. It's fun what people... I th it's nice when you hear some lines that people want to use, too, and, like, certain things that pop out, being like, oh, that's what came out to them, or, yeah. you know? Or struck them. Yeah. Um, I think... I, uh, one last thing is just, I think, maybe it'll be interesting. Uh, we've got a few more uh, female musicians and DJs to do some, and I'm kind of curious to see what lines they take from certain songs. And, yeah. And what, what they have like what they want to do with it so that'll be really cool to see um, cool. but yeah anyway well 
but just before I sort of like wrap things up, obviously the new record is coming out uh, later on in the year. Obviously, there's the singles that we've heard of kind of I guess put an example of what the, this record's going to be like. But w- is there anything that you're kind of hoping that that people will kind of take away from it at all? Um, I'm. It's a big question. <laughs> um, I don't know. I just. It's really nuts. It's a nuts record, and I. I don't know. Maybe I just hope that anybody that listens to it and didn't already think the way that I, like I think or Scott and Daphne thinks, you know, might just turn their head a little bit. Yeah. But also just, um, I just hope people enjoy it. You know, I just want people to like throw it on, and, and that's genuinely something that it really gets them. So you know. Yeah. And I hope if it does, you know, if, it, if anyone does listen to it, go, fuck, like, I've wanted to say that for so long. <laughs> and you just <laughs> gave me the, the words. Like, that's another thing, you know. And I think a lot of music did that for me when I was growing up. So yeah. that sounds so cheesy. But you know <laughs> what I mean? Like, <laughs> it's just nice to, like, have something in your head or in your body that you wanted to talk about. And yeah. having someone else say it just gives you a little bit more influence or time, you know. So that's kind of cool. But... I don't know. I just want people to like it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if you don't like it, that's fine too. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, we work. We work really hard on it. And Scott and Daphne are like the most incredible musicians. Honestly, I like they're amazing. So um, yeah, we're just a little lucky bunch. Yeah, and just want to quickly touch upon something there because I wanted to mention earlier, but I completely forgot. But obviously. With what you're kind of talking about lyrically, and as, as I said, like even though some of it is kind of covered in in sort of tongue-in-cheek aspects, obviously there's a, an obvious message of what you're kind of talking about. And obviously nowadays we are seeing a lot sort of a younger audience kind of getting into music and having a better understanding of their stance in society and politically and whatever, so so to say. So are you, I guess because you're, in the grand scheme of things, you are quite a young band and a new band as well, so you're the perfect kind of appetite for for people discovering new music. So have you found so far that, that you are finding specifically younger women gravitating to what you're saying and, and as, you, as you say, kind of like coming up to you and saying, oh, I'd, I've never thought of like saying it in that way, but you said it kind of thing, if that makes sense. Oh uh, yeah, I've had I've definitely had some people after shows just be like, "Wow, that was like a battering," or you know, "That was awesome," or "Fuck yeah," you know, yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> um, which is always like, you know, I just uh, it's really nice. Um, yeah, I, I think I think there's a big wave of music coming out right now that is like in like even commercial uh, pop artists and female pop artists that are everyone is just on this massive hype of like we've had enough. We're all talking about it, and you can't not listen because we're all talking about yeah. it. <laughs> so, um, obviously, some of the pop stuff compared to what we're saying is definitely a little bit lighthearted, but I think it's still really important, whether it's commercial or not. You know, the more it becomes normalized, the more it's just going to, that's going to be what it is. You yeah. know, it's not just going to be some taboo thing that no one wants to talk about, or it's not going to be some, like, I don't know. It's not going to be just up to women to talk about it. Like, I think that I think also I hope it inspires more men to talk about it. And there are bands that are doing it, but 
it's it's a lot to just say that you're doing it and then not actually do it, which yeah, I think is very frustrating. And it's very frustrating in a live music scene to watch only men support other men. Uh, you know, uh, I'm sorry, I'm going on that rant. Uh, but, <laughs> That's cool. Um, it's one, yeah, it's one thing to just kind of like say you're gonna do it and talk about it, and then it's one thing to actually like put in time and effort and, um, you know, actually give opportunities to young women. Yeah. Uh, and and I, whether that means behind the desk, uh, sound engineering, being a tech, being in the studio, you know, or just playing a different instrument than just vocals, because that's also like a big lack of things too, you know. Mm. Um, but yeah, anyway, that's my. No, no, there's. No, I think it's quite interesting because, like, obviously, uh, like apart from doing this, I, I sort of work in in that sort of world of like crewing and stuff, and it's it's quite interesting to see that. There are, like, I've been lucky enough to see more sort of women get opportunities and stuff. And a tour that I was on recently was quite fairly biggish in standards. And the the tour manager was a woman. Their tech was, uh, I think, non-binary. Like their guitar tech was, was a, a woman as well. So it was nice to see that the whole crew wasn't just men and that more women are getting opportunities in that world and i think that as you say the more you see people that aren't no, no offense to yourself just the vocal like the front woman yeah, no, or whatever <laughs> is 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 what the the world needs so it's kind of it's good to hear it from from your perspective as well as someone else's no no completely like and i i completely acknowledge that you know like it's not i think singing has always kind of been put as an okay thing for women to do when i went to uni it was like my course had one guy on it you know yeah. I was in the vocals course um but it's like i want to see women behind a desk making music i want to you know i want i want to have those experiences with people i want a female producer you know i want to get in a room and have someone be like fuck i understand what you're saying and i want to make this record good you know yeah. and not that men can't do that that's not really the point the point is just like I know a lot of amazing uh, male producers and male other anyone that, like ugh, it doesn't really matter actually whether I know them or, or not. What I'm trying to say is <laughs> yeah. that there needs to be uh, like it's not a uh, yeah it's not a pity party for the men. It's that there's not enough opportunities, <laughs> and it's not that like girls don't go up being like, hey, do you want to be in the studio? Do you want to record this? Do you want to knock it out on the drums? You know, those things just aren't. Uh, kind of there for them or or i mean they're for them they are there for them they're just not pushed on them the same way as they're pushed on men yes yeah. no no, no, no. and if you don't see it then how are you gonna ever know that that's there for you too right yeah no that's cool <laughs> um, I, i'd totally yeah. get that um before i let you go annie how i like to to round this off is to ask my guests what their favorite song is but with a bit of a twist so what's your favorite click drip song that you perform live and why oh uh, <laughs> oh, I don't know. It's really hard. I mean, I still like playing "Speak to My" just because it's so outrageous, and you can actually hear what I'm saying. And yeah. watching people's reaction <laughs> is pretty funny. Um, uh, am I allowed to say two years? I'm not eight. Go, go on then. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, there's, another... <laughs> there's one called "I Don't Want to Go to the Gym," uh, and. I don't know, that's just, it's, I think it's my favorite song to sing right now, because it's just kind of hilarious, but yeah. also it's like a really big fuck you, and I just, I don't know, it feels good to play it right now. Yeah. 
that's it. Perfect. Brilliant. Annie, thank you very much for, for taking some time to chat with me. Best of luck with the record when it finally comes out, and we'll hopefully see you sooner a lot rather than later. <laughs> yeah, me too. I hope so. Uh, yeah, thank you so much again. No worries. Take care. Right, bye. Cheers, bye. So there we have it, folks. Again, a massive thank you to Annie for having a little uh, chat with me. Uh, as mentioned, the band's album will has unfortunately been uh, postponed, so it's due to be out in uh, June, I believe. I haven't got my notes in front of me because I'm an absolute idiot, but really looking forward to to seeing that out in the world and it getting the reaction that it truly deserves um as always you can keep up to date with what clip drip are doing on all various social media platforms we linked in the description um as i said hope to see you sooner rather than later but this may be the last justin insight for a couple of weeks maybe a month we'll see how things go um but whether this is your first time listening or your 151st time listening thank you for stopping by the justin insight podcast And I'll see you soon.